This is the Secrets of Spiritual Sex podcast, expanding our experience of sex, intimacy, and relationships with tools, tips, and techniques from industry experts and real-life conversation. I am your host, Nikki Rhodes. Welcome Tyron Mowbray, uh, men's health and sex mentor. It is so mm-hmm. epic to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Nikki. It's great to be here. <laughs> All right. We've had a little pre-conversation and I'm already super excited to get into this one. Previously known and sometimes still known as the shameless sex god. How <laughs> did that name come across? How did that name start? Uh, so I was at a mystery school learning, uh, magic and, uh, spirituality and sexuality. And I'd already done a bunch of trainings and I was, um, with this other guy, um, and we were, we wanted to run some men's stuff together. And so we were trying to come up with a name and we wrote down a bunch of names. Like, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to empower men? Where are we mm-hmm. trying to guide them and give them um, and, and, and support them? And for, like sex is for me was the big, was a big thing, right? That's where my big transformation came. And that's really what I support men in predominantly. But sexuality is, is the first step and beneath sexuality is a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so yeah, it was like, well, what do men want to be? They want to be a lot of them want to be better lovers. They just, it's a huge thing. The shame around our sexual performance, the size of our cock, you know, how we show up, how many women we've slept with, blah, 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 all of this stuff, all this dogma around masculinity and sexuality has so much agenda to it. And so shameless sex God was born. And my mate who I was with, you know, he was, he's, it doesn't fit the mainstream very much. He's very alternative. When I said that name, he just looked at me like, we can't do that. That's not okay. That's not like, that's, that's not, that's too confronting. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Like that is exactly be the thing you're trying to sell, you know, like be the thing you're trying to promote. And the misconception is that shameless sex gods, this powerful, big, good looking man has sex with all the women in the world. And actually that's, that's a complete facade. That's just continuing the dogma of men's sexuality. Shameless sex God is actually men being powerful enough within themselves to be like, Hey, I don't want to have sex tonight. Or, Hey, I would like to have sex like this. Or, Hey, I have some fear around that. You know, I, I struggle with premature ejaculation, porn addiction, erectile dysfunction. I don't want to have sex all the time. That is where the shame lies for me. Mm-hmm. That is where the deep-rooted self-inhibiting expression of male sexuality is, 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 is buried. And so shameless sex, God, is actually being shameless in your ability to say, like, be honest and be like, hey, this is me. I have some stuff here. I have some desires here. I have some, some, some insecurities here. Shameless in your expression of the parts that are that are tender, the parts that are soft, the parts that are scary to to open up to your lovers, and when a man can do that, women respond with so much compassion and love and generosity and honesty, and that's where intimacy is created, and that's where the sex god part is born. Right? You can't oh, you can't become a better lover if you can't be honest with where you're at, and so you know when you can be honest and communicate with your partner can work through whatever it is you need to work through and intimacy and cosmic mind-blowing multiple orgasmic sex is then born from that place wow i love it you know you're an epic writer and you share provocatively and full-only and (laughs) all the other leaves online and i feel like i want to ask you though were you always that way were you always connected? Did you always have mind-blowing orgasms, you know, from the oh, age shit, of... No. <laughs> <laughs> I had porn addiction. I had erectile Take us back. Had... Take us back. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been shameless in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. that was my kind of superpower. But that shamelessness came from insecurity. Mm. I was so insecure in myself. I was, I felt like I was so different, so weird. So like, I wasn't like everyone else mm. that I made that I blew myself up to be bigger than the shame. It's like, if you're going to make fun of me for being different, I'm going to be so fucking different that you can't make fun of me. And that's, I still, I still approach that, right? Like you've said in some of my posts, you know, I'll talk about uh, like, yeah, stuff that people don't want to talk about. I did a video like why all men should be anally penetrated. 
mm-hmm. and I made myself so much bigger than, and I put it in some men's groups and that you're faggot, you're this, you're that. And it's just like, I can wear that because I'm bigger than what they're trying to project on. Mm. You know, I'm, I've, I'm not allowing myself to be small and contracted in that. But that was a journey, right? Like I was like that in areas of my life and growing up in playing, playing footy in Australia and being a bricklayer. And we learned to give each other shit and we learned to kind of have some hard skin on the outside. Yeah. But what that did was it, it stopped me actually being expressive to the tender parts that did exist. Mm. And so this shamelessness became my my armor and I wasn't able to to actually be honest with uh, other areas of my life that I did have shame. And a lot of that did evolve, revolve around sexuality. Like, yeah, I had sex with quite a few women because I was young and I was confident, especially when I had a few beers and stuff in me. Mm. But I only ever slept with them once. I didn't actually ever really want to open up my heart. I just wanted to get laid. Because for me, that was intimacy. And if someone had sex with me, then that made me feel worthy. Mm. But I wasn't prepared to show them my heart. You know, I never had a relationship. I had my heart broken when I was 16, didn't have a relationship till I was 23. Got my heart broken in that one. And then again, didn't have another relationship till I was 29 or something like that. You know, like basically I just, just I, I, the, the two times I opened my heart, it was destroyed. And that just put a barrier around it. And I was like, fuck women fuck relationships, fuck emotions. And that was just, I just closed and I turned to porn. You know, I, I, I was trying to be this nice guy most of the time to women, you know, I want they cause women like nice guys, but I had this dirty sexual predator in me that, that I didn't feel like women would like. I didn't feel like women would actually want a man that has this kink and this desire and wants to do this and wants to do that. So I never really expressed that with women. And that's why I watched porn a lot. You know, I was working in the mines and I was jacking off four times a day to pornography. I was going to the gym twice a day. I was eating like three steaks and nine chicken breasts. And, you know, I was just the <laughs> typical male macho. And, and I, I, and I was on Tinder flat out. And then one time I tried to masturbate without porn. I was like, Oh, I've, I've, I can't really think of any porn to watch right now. So, and I couldn't get hard. I was 27 years old and I could not get an erection without pornography. I have no, no problem getting an erection with a woman either because there was, you know, but, but on my own without porn at 27 years old, nothing. And that's when I realized that, I mean, I already knew that something was off, but that's when it really hit me. That was when I was like, Tyron, there's something not okay here. And other than my three-year relationship from 23 to 26, I probably had sober sex maybe 10 times. From the age of like 17 to the age of 28, I had sober sex maybe 10 or 15 times other than my relationship. Uh, every other time it was me out drinking, partying, and there's no, there's not no, that's, that's, that's a bit definite, but there's not a lot of intimacy in random drunk hookups, you know, and uh, that was my life for a long time. And what, what made you just say, all right, enough's enough? Was it, was it that ejaculation, sorry, that um, erection issue or was it just something else shift as well that made you go, all right, I need to really address this? So um, there was that. Uh, there was, yeah, there was the no erection at that time when I was self-pleasuring uh, or trying to self-pleasure. Um, there was also like <laughs> my orgasms, my ejaculative orgasms weren't pleasurable. Wow. Like they, they, like I would actually, I would come and I didn't really feel much, you know, 27 years old. I was like, Oh, that was like, did I even come? Like, I wasn't even sure. Like I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I was like, there was something was up, you know, I, mean, I knew something. I knew I was suppressing. I knew on a deeper level, I knew that there was something not okay. I knew I was depressed. I knew I wasn't happy. I would have sex with these women and uh, off Tinder or whatever when I wasn't working and I would, we would have sex and I'd be like, okay, I've got to get out of the bed. I've got to get out of the bed. I've got to leave. I can't be here anymore. Don't, don't touch me. Don't hug me. Like I had so much resistance and blockages around love and intimacy and connection mm. that I just could not, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even hug one of these women that I just had sex with. And I can't even say make love because there was no love there. Like it was mm. purely, I was using a woman to masturbate into. That was literally what I was doing. Yeah. Like a I feel like container. it's a, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or come bucket. We used to call them. Out come bucket. Whoa. And, it, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting that that is actually how we think as men. Like we mm-hmm. actually, we, there, there are masculine men's circles 
And that is, well, that's how we breed. Like we breed off each other. We, we, we create these spirals and we just drop down and no one says, Hey, that's fucking bullshit. Stop saying that. That's, that's not okay. You know, and, and, and we just keep raveling down and down and down. And it doesn't serve, right? It's not as if that was sort of fulfilling this fun need and you're able to, it's just suppression, mask, suppression, mask, suppression, mask. Um, So you're in a state where you're sort of like young, you're fertile, you're virile, and you sort of felt the complete opposite of that. You you were not sort of spreading the seed and like leading with your cock and penetrating life in a really sort of wholesome way, disconnect through the body. hmm. Yeah. I was leading with my cock, but it wasn't connected to my heart. It wasn't yeah, connected nice. to my heart at all. Right? And, and that's what I work with a lot of men now is like connecting their cock to their heart. Like, you know, we can talk about masculine feminine, but a lot of people, it's not, it's not, that's not even there. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's just get inside of ourselves as mm-hmm. men. When we bring out sexual energy, because it's strong and it's powerful and it's wanted and women love it. Like, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Women love to be ravished and taken. And, but when, when men can bring that up into their heart mm-hmm. and then actually penetrate with love and be aware of the sensitivity that's going on between you and the other person mm-hmm. that you're connecting with, that's where magic happens, you know, yeah. and you don't have to feel shame and you can communicate. And if something feels a little bit off, you're not just going to override it by pumping harder or faster. It's like, Hey, what's up? Something. And then, oh, well, I feel that. Oh, well, let's chill. Oh my God, I can communicate and I can say this and trust and openness and now more pleasure, more sex, more everything. Like, yeah, it's, right. It's, more truth. Yeah. There's, there's not that sick feeling afterwards. There's not that no hug me feeling. It's sort of like yeah. cheeseburger sex. You know, we talk about it. It's like you grab a cheeseburger just because it's on the way home. You know, it's super close to the fast food. You just drive in. It's hot. Yeah. You unwrap it. It doesn't even take too much time to unwrap. You put yeah. it in. Oh, but so you, good. And then you're like, but you oh. know it's bad for you. Oh, yeah. You know you're like, you. oh, shit. And then the next day you're like, I'll never do that again. Right. <laughs> or like, oh. Until, until 3.30 comes and you driving back from home again and you go and you're past like, look, and like, oh, one well, more day. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a habit. It's habitual patterns that we, that we yeah. program ourselves with. Totally. All right. Journey of feeling, right? Cause it started. Um, what was the first thing that you did? What, what, how did you step from the mining come bucket world into the mystery <laughs> school? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a few years. But the first thing I did was I quit yeah. porn, right? Like, I, cause something happened in how? me in that moment. Uh, well, I just, it was a sheer force of will, right? I got to the point, I, it was basically like, you are 27 years old. You're in the prime of your life. You are the fittest, strongest, best looking, like that you're probably ever going to be right now. Yeah, right. And, and you, you, you can't get hard without porn. Like what is wrong with you? And it was, it was self-hatred, right? I already had self-hatred and this, this was like a, a smack in the face of like, do you want to keep going? You're 20. What's it going to be like when you're 30? What's it going to be like when you're 35? What's it going to be like when you're 50? You know? And I was like, we, every, we are given an opportunity every second, every minute of every day to make a choice. Every moment we get to make a choice. And that was my moment of choice of like, do I keep going down the same path or do I use the information I have from my experience to take a different path? And I had no fucking idea. I had never, I, I'd heard of Tantra I'd heard of, you know, and there's always, there'd always been this desire to like, I want to have sex for fucking hours and days as well and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have the cojones to actually, I didn't have the balls to actually like read a book or anything. So I was like, well, first thing I need to do is stop watching porn and stop masturbating. So I did that. I went cold turkey one week and I had a wet dream. After one week of no masturbation and no sex, I had a wet dream. And that kind of re program some stuff. I started getting erections a little bit better and I could self-pleasure without it. And, you know, and, and that was, that started. And then, but I, I, I tripped, you know, I tripped many times. Mm. I, I went to Thailand. I went, I knew I was a bit depressed. I went to Thailand for a wedding and I was going to go do some Muay Thai and I ended up just getting drunk with my mates for three weeks and jumping off a speedboat and lost all my money and blah, blah, blah. And then I had a breakdown. I had like, it was my last night in Thailand. I was out on the beach. Everyone had gone home. I was by myself. And I got so drunk so quick and the inner voices in my head started. They started judging me. They started like criticizing me. And I went back to the hotel room and I cried because I realized that I hated the man that I was. I, I had, I felt like I had no willpower. I had no strength. I had no ability to actually stand in my, I hate using the word, but my authentic truth. I didn't have the, the, the power to do that. And I came home. I quit my job out in the mines. I went back to mom and dad's for four months I worked my guts out and I went traveling for 13 months in Europe 
And that was when I started to, you know, once I was out of Australia, that's when I had the courage to go, what is it I've always wanted to do? You know, no one's around me. No one's going to know what I'm going to do. And that's when I read a couple of tantrum books. That's when I changed the way I self-pleasured. That's when I started meeting people in conscious communities. And, you know, they opened the door to spirituality and yoga and meditation. And I, that's the introduction for a lot of things. And, you know, and I started to meet women and I, I went celibate for like four and a half months. This 28-year-old, blonde-haired Australian goes to Europe and, you know, all of my mates thought I was just going to get drunk, have an abortuous time, have sex, <laughs> take, you know, do all the things, which I would have five years ago, I would have done that. And it was the complete opposite. I went and sat in Buddhist monasteries for weeks at a time. I hitchhiked across Europe. I walked a thousand kilometers across Spain. I lived in my tent for two months. I, 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 I did everything against the grain of what I would normally do. And I tried to discover who the fuck Tyron Mowbray was. Wow. Wow. That removal from the environment is so key and so typical of many people's big transformational journeys. Yet what I love is that it started off with this just choice. Like these are the days that I have left. I'm going to choose, you know, pick one of them soon before they all end. And then I'm going to stop doing this thing I keep doing right now. Right. And that is that that was the stopping of the porn. And that's something that listeners who are like, well, I don't really have it in me or I don't have the funds or I don't have the ability to hitchhike through Spain for whatever. No, what you do have is the choice to say enough is enough. If porn is a thing for you, if, if you're realizing that your zest for life is limited um, or only spurred on through visual uh, reinforcement or sort of deeply reliant on one thing. I mean, that's not intimacy, is it? And that's, that's what you sort of discovered, right? Yeah, intimacy, intimacy. into me, I see. Into me, I see, you right. know. And if you're, not, if you're not showing into yourself with the person you're connecting with, then there is no intimacy, you know. And what came up for you? So what were some of the layers or what were some of the blocks that you go, oh, shit, that thing that happened back there, way, way, way back then, that had a profound effect on my life as a man or that, that shaped me? What sort of masks did you have to get rid of? Um, the fa- yeah, the part of me, like I, I love, like absolutely love romance. Like it mm. cracks me, like devotion and love, and I just I cry. You you put a you put a romantic movie in front of me, <laughs> or a movie, even a movie, any movie that has some form of sacrifice. You know, like any form of movie that has someone sacrificing themselves for the greater whatever. I cry, and my first girlfriend from twenty three to twenty six, she used to make fun of me so much when I would cry at the movies, right, and. And there was so much judgment and there was so like, and it's not her fault either. Like, I'm not trying to say she's a bad person. She's a lovely woman. And I still have lots of love in my heart for her. We don't talk anymore very much, but um, you know, it, it, that's just, that's just the way it is. Men are supposed to be this thing and women are supposed to be this thing. And, and I, I am sensitive beyond measure. Like I, I, it, it, and I still struggle with it when there's days when I don't want to get out of bed and I like, there's a part of me. It's like, Tyron, this is not okay. You're a man. You should be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just actually allowing myself and my dad is a hardcore English soccer hooligan that grew up in Australia. Wow. So same thing, you know, like suppressive emotions, like, you know, we don't, we don't need to do that. It's like, you'll be right. You know, and I could cry in front of him and he would just sit there and be like, what's the matter? You know? And like, he just could not meet me on the emotional level. He chose not to, you know, and that's the journey we've been on the last few years. I'm trying to, I'm trying to slowly draw that out of him. And it's cause it's there. I've seen it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just the the, reinf- the constant reinforcement that men don't cry or don't show emotion or don't express. Um, and what this does is it just locks up our body. It lo- you know, you think about the first time you masturbate. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. You're in your bedroom. You start pleasuring pleasure yourself. It feels amazing. But you were told to stop touching yourself ten years before that. So you've got or- already got this automatic shame around you. And you don't sit there and be like, oh, 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 when you're 13 in your lounge room or your bedroom. Because if your mum and dad are here, they're going to be like, what, are, what, are, what uh, Tyron, what are you doing? You know, we give so much shame around our sexual expression that we, it's, it's just hidden and it's quiet. And so, and it's not, whether it's our emotional expression or our sexual expression, it's expression. And the moment we start to limit that, we limit our ability to feel. And our cock and our pussy are literally named after the like, domesticated animals. 
<laughs> so yeah. do you know it's like we've we've trained these these aspects but also if you're being a dick i might call you a cock because you're being a mm. fuckwit, right? And if I'm yeah. really, if I'm really like unbrave and kind of stuck in the corner, you might call me a pussy. So we yeah, use yeah. them in derogatory ways as well. And then we're meant yeah. to be like, oh, this is the center of my power. This is my, this is how I greet the world in conjunction with my heart. Like it, it, even the terminology that's given, or dick, or vagina is sort of sheath. You know, sword sheath. Literally in Latin, it just means sheath for something to enter. And even we go deeper, birth canal. Like there's, there's just no other word. What happens if I don't want to push a baby out of my vagina today? Is it still a birth canal, right? And, um, and that's, a, that's, such a, that's such a shame. So the ingrained shame and embarrassment, often when I facilitate a workshop for female sexuality for men, I say to the men, let's all yell out the terms that we know about the, the, the vagina, and the stuff that they yell out, you know, like slit or wound or whew, is, it's, and it, everyone just like, I, I, I just let it all out, you know, please release it all. Keep, keep saying it. But there is this real uh, prevalent wounding or conquering imagery that's inbuilt. And it's like far out. If this is the terms that we're using, like the, the long lasting effects on our cells even is, is, is pretty full on. Um, I think that's why, you know, turning to Yoni or Lingam or something like this can free a lot of people. Cause it's like, okay, I get this new relationship with this part of my body now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that was a huge part of me, you know, like I had cock shame. Because I didn't know, you know, like, yeah, okay, we used to play footy and I, I was always renowned for getting naked. I, but again, that was because I felt shame around my body, right? I felt shame around, like I knew I wasn't ugly and I knew I wasn't fat, but I still felt insecure. We yeah. all have some insecurities around sure. our body image, regardless of how attractive you may believe you are, other people believe you are. And I did it purely to like liberate myself. I blew myself up bigger than my insecurities and became the guy that got drunk every weekend around the footy club or whatever. And you know, some guys would get naked in the change room. Some guys wouldn't. There's a big thing for men around the size of their cock and how that shows and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I always used to make fun of the guys that had huge cocks, like the guys in the show. I was like, Jesus Christ, what do you do? Kill baby seals with that thing? Holy shit. And the reason that was is because I felt insecure about the size of my cock. So I made fun of the guys with big ones. Never made fun of the guys with little ones because we all know that it's a thing, right? But always made fun of the guys with big ones. And, um, and then the first time I went to a training around sexuality, um, I met a woman who I shall not name. Um, she's, she's a very famous sexologist in Australia. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. And she gave me a cock, the first cock worship I ever had. Like I, you know, I always thought my cock was ugly because men are told that their cocks are ugly in the vast majority of society. And she was like, are you kidding me? It's fucking gorgeous. It's oh, I love it. And she got, and I just like, it blew my world apart, right? That a woman could actually not just, not just put up with, not just bear a man's phallus and be like, oh, well, you know, it's a thing and we do it, but actually adore and love and honor it. Yeah. And when I got that, it made me, and then, you know, in this, in this week-long retreat, we'd gone through the journey of Yoni worshipping and, and, and gazing and stuff like that. But all it did, it wanted to make it, it gave me this desire to honor and worship every single yoni I ever see from now on. Right? Regardless, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of talk in men's circles around, oh, she had a, you know, hamburger needle hanging out and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't neat. It wasn't this. It's like, who cares? Like, none of our cocks are the same. None of their pussies are going to be the same. Or let's say the yoni and lingams. Um, and it's like, like, they're, they're glorious. They're absolutely glorious. And you'll never be this macho man that has women all around him if you're just going to slay their most precious parts. You know, like if you really want to be a man that has women everywhere, love them. Absolutely love and adore women. I love every part of them. Love every shape and size. And, and the more you love them, the more women that are going to love you. It's, you know, and if, if you can't love them, right, if it's like, sorry, it's a no, then let them know it's a no, right? Don't, don't, if, if you, if you, if, if the, if the connection is one where there is not, you know, if you, if you know that you're not going to be able to, even if it's just in that moment, you know, we're not promising any kind of long-term forever thing, mm. but whatever you're committing to, you know, check in and make sure it's a full fuck yes. 
so that you can fully show up. Otherwise, it's trauma and scarring, right? When we half fuck someone or we unconsciously, or I'm not going to tell him I'm kind of not into him, I'm going to use him, I'm going to run. It's like, it's just yeah. messy as fuck. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's the difference between loving them and wanting to make love to them. Like, you know, mm. you, you can, I can love every single woman in the world and what she represents and the essence of feminine energy yeah. and that, you know, and okay, yes, women come in different shapes, but like for me, the big journey that I was on was like no longer seeing the physical, you know, no, mm. like, yeah. And, and look, we all see the physical. I'm not going to say like, I don't think some women are more attractive than others. That's just silly. Of course I do. But being able to love all women in whatever way, shape, or form they have and their essence doesn't mean I have to have sex with them all. And so that's when what you're saying really comes in. It's like I can love all women and select who I make love to and have mm. sex with, right? And that is the part where I have to check in with myself. And like, why am I doing this? What am I, what am I giving? What am I receiving? Am I giving? Am I taking? You know, who is this for? And that, that's a journey. And when you bring awareness to this and the reason that you're connecting – you're going to have, you have to play it out, right? You're going to get it wrong a few times. And I think the more awareness you bring to it, the more consciousness, the more, the more framework, the more people you hang out with that have a similar thing, then you the faster you're going to transition through this phase. So I know so many people are afraid to talk about sex before sex because, oh, but it will kill the mood. You know, you want to be in the flow. And it's like, yes, absolutely. And safety creates depth. You know? Um. Right there, I have so many people say I'm just so afraid to say anything because he might not want me. And I share a story here. One time I was with someone, like people share so honestly on my podcast, I always jump in here and try and be vulnerable, you know, allow vulnerability to come if it's needed as well. And I was with this partner and I, we hadn't slept together yet. And I looked at him and I said, all right, because I could feel the tension rising. I could feel something happening between us. We, we hadn't spent long together, but it was, it was strong and palpable. And I said, look, my pussy is super wanting you right now. And my nipples are feel." He was like, because he was not into this kind of, like he's not used to this kind of communication. I was like, seriously, my body is feeling so alive. But I'm a bit, my situation is complicated and I, I'm not moving anywhere forward until I just let you know. And I told him, and he, he said, it's the sexiest thing anyone has ever done. It didn't ruin our mood. It cleared the shit from between us, made us both choose, honestly. And what followed was, was multidimensional. It was cosmic. And yeah. we always think, we always chat about that. And we say, wow, that was a fucking epic time. It was so weird. I've never had that. I've still never had that. But I had nothing to lose. If I tell him totally honestly and he says, thank you, amazing, I wish you the best, perfect. But I, I didn't lie. I didn't, I gave it everything and I didn't, it's not a success or a failure. It just didn't happen. And then if he goes with it, then, oh, then we can connect truthfully. My heart's involved then. He's holding it. He's like, okay, she's in a tough situation. Um, yeah, it's powerful, right? Yeah. And I feel the reason that we don't do that, a lot of it is a fear of scarcity, right? We all have this fear. It's like, if I'm honest, if I actually show up the way I want, this person may not love me or they may not, you know, whatever. And if that happens, I, when is that going to happen again? You know, like we're so afraid of missing out that we're not honest. And we're like, you know, I have this belief, this concept that I, that I tell a lot of people when I coach um, is that like our hearts kind of, here let's say our hearts closed you know whatever happens we go through and then we, we meet someone and we go through an experience and like oh our heart starts to open mm -hmm. you know and it's like we let's say we get to like 40 percent of our full expression 40 percent, and we're like oh my god like no one's ever loved this much of me before i better not open all the way because if i open all the way that that no one no one's never loved me at 40 no one's gonna love me at 100 so we stop we stop opening our heart. We limit ourselves. We limit our expression. We stay at 40%. And we're happy with that to start with because mm. that's the most we've ever experienced. But in six months, 12 months, five years, 10 years, 40 years, whatever, 40% is not enough. Like it's not enough. That's like, it's not enough for anyone. And it's like, what happens is we get, we like, we start to build resentment because there's so much more of us to open and we start projecting that on the other person saying it's their fault. They, but we were so scared. Like what happens if we open a 60 and they go, Oh, Hey, I'm out. This is too much. We are scared of that happening. So we don't go to 60 or we don't go to hundred. We stop at 40 or third, whatever it is, you know, I'm just making up numbers. And so for me, the journey is to, to keep opening as much as I can and not be afraid of rejection. 
because if I go to that space with someone and I'm not saying, you know, the, the longest relationship ever, I just mean in any form of connection, I want this person to know what they're getting and I want them because if they don't love all of me, I don't want, I don't want to be in that space mm-hmm. with them, whatever that is, a friendship, relationship, whatever. And it's like, I'm so, we are so scared of missing out of scared of not, there not being enough love, but I, I would rather sacrifice and compromise and get this forever at 40% and open to a hundred and be alone. But it's like, no one, you, you, that's, that's, it's not going to happen. Right. No, it's- you're really being fully expressive. People are going to love that about you. And this is what I found. I've had marketing people be like, how did you grow to 13,000 followers on Facebook without paid ads? And I was like, I don't know. I just did videos and people mm-hmm. shared them and shit, you know, and that was it. It's literally all it was. I was just being as authentic and fucking real and raw as I could. And, and people appreciate that because it's giving them permission to do the same thing. Yeah, for, for sure. You know, one of your videos that you speak to is, um, is why men should be anally penetrated. And I'm, I'm actually quite passionate about this one because anal sex changed my life personally. And we have an upcoming episode with an epic, epic uh, woman, Winter, uh, on the <laughs> anal mysteries. <laughs> yeah, I, I assisted her first Sanctify workshop, which was all around the mystery of the base. Wow. Tony Thorne also is going to be featured and he is on the podcast and he also yep. attended um, Sanctify. These are people who... I remember have, we partnered up for some exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. These are people who've done some deep work in this region and the research is not readily available regarding not only the physiological benefits or processes mm. that occur when the anus is penetrated, but also the cosmic, spiritual, emotional body chakra whatever you want to call it um, mm. but it has deep deep potential to um to 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 open your mind in ways that from my experience is is comparable to things like 5-MeO DMT ayahuasca d- deep 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 journeys and so also the the lovers that I've had who have received as well mm. as given stand in a whole different category to those who are just penetrators. How can you penetrate someone or something if you've never felt penetrated, right? It's, it's this whole awareness. And when I'm penetrating someone, whether it's my finger or energetic or something else, I, it's a whole different thing. And it, Mm. and it's, and seeing the man in my case, the, 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 the masculine sort of like lying back and surrendered is this whole other uh, experience and mm. it's beautiful and it's phenomenal and it's so shamed right you said you received a whole lot of hate mail on that um on that yeah. post speak to yeah. me why why you know in your in your opinion men should be yeah should yeah receive. yeah yeah well it's exactly what you just said right like men want to be a better lover understand what it's like to be penetrated simple it's like you know and i, I so many i get so many messages every net well i used to back in the day of like how do I convince my wife to do anal? How do I convince my wife to do anal? How do I get a girl to do anal? How do I was like, mate, the reason she doesn't want to do anal with you is because you don't even treat her yoni right. If you penetrate her ass the way you penetrate her yoni, she ain't letting you anywhere near it. You stupid, dumb motherfucker. (laughs) Like, you know, I was on a job site as as, as I went back because becoming a sex coach, funny enough, at the beginning, doesn't doesn't just happen naturally and you don't just earn all this money straight away. So I had to go back to construction a little bit in between. And one of the one of the one of the supervisors found out as a sex well, they called it sex therapist. And he's like, how do how do I get my wife to I was like, I guarantee you I can get your wife to do anal with you within 24 hours. And he's like, bullshit. I've been trying for 15 years. I, was like, I guarantee you 24 hours. He's like, but you probably are not prepared to do what it takes. She's like, you want her to let me, you want her to penetrate me? I was like, yes. He's, she's like, he's like, nah, no way. I was like, well, that, that's, that's the biggest issue, right? You have no idea how to penetrate a woman. Mm-hmm. You think you do. You, you, you know, you think you have all of this experience in your fucking God's gift to women because a lot of men do. I did for a long time, but really you have no idea. And I remember the first time I got penetrated, I was in a ritual with, in a room full of other people. All the men were getting penetrated by women and and I was, I, I was actually so excited because there had been this part of me that had always wanted to know what it felt like and I'd always been afraid of it being gay and whatever. And if I liked it too much, what happens if I like it? Does that mean I'm gay and blah, 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 and all the stories. And, 
And I was like, I, I could categorize this. It was like, it was in a ritual on a retreat. It was okay. It wasn't, you know, and I allowed myself to surrender. And I, and when the finger slowly, slowly went in, I started crying. <laughs> I started crying at how much trust women have to have to allow a man to penetrate their body and how unconsciously I had penetrated so many women in my life, pretty much every single one of them up until that day, you know, and the, 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 just the awareness, the embodied experience that that gave me changed the way I made love forever. And after five or 10 minutes of that deep feeling, the pleasure kicked in and I proceeded to have one of the most craziest, wildest, liberating orgasms of my entire life without any ejaculation whatsoever. It was a pure physical, emotional, energetic orgasm mm -hmm. that lasted however long that finger was in my ass for. I can't remember, like probably 20 minutes. And I was like, I was doing a lot of yoga. I had my legs in the air. I was holding my toes. <laughs> I was screaming. It was screaming. It was amazing. It was literally the most liberating experience of my life. And, um, yeah, if, if, and I'm not saying, you know, and it's something that I practice now quite regularly. It's a part of my self-pleasure practice and men have the tightest asses in the world because there's so much shame around their sexuality. If I like it, I'm gay and blah, blah, blah. And so every time a man feels shame, he squeezes his asshole. It's like, you know, that's, and it's called, it's, we call it a tight ass, right? Oh, don't be such a tight ass, mate, I you know, get your wallet out. And so whatever. And, yeah. and, 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 um, Prostate cancer is one of the fastest growing cancers yeah. around men. Why? Because we squeeze all the time, all the time when we orgasm, when we ejaculate, when we fucking, um, when we, when we're scared, when we're in contraction, when we have some, whatever, we squeeze our ass, we contract. And, a, you know, a semi regular prostate mm -hmm. massage or sacred spot massage, whatever you want to call it, um, is, is so, no, like I, I, it moves my bowels so much better the next day. Yeah. I feel looser in the hips. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the cosmic joke of life, the amount of shame that I had all of a sudden the next day, I just laugh because nothing matters. Who cares? There's no stress. It's, Often. it's so, and yeah, it's such a, it's such a freeing experience and it removes the concept the fear that I'm gay and it doesn't matter if I was or not, but it's like this attachment to it being gay or mm -hmm. I have to be gay in order to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I did this uh, yeah. too. You know, am I am I like a porn star or am I am I one of those like yucky girls or am I going to mm. have this disgusting mm. loose butt or am I going mm. is it going to is he going to prefer that over my oh the stories are just so crazy. Mm. Like a mm. proper woman doesn't do that or mm. or leave it for later so that if he gets it now he might leave me. I fuck it all. Mm. The thing mm. is if we have a fight and if especially if it's because I'm projecting and I'm like you're a untrustworthy or if if you know if my trust is really shaken by him often that night I will say I want to punch this hand in your face but instead I'm gonna work through that issue myself because it's not you and I'd like you to enter my asshole and he will say okay and you know and then if we if, if it goes there it's beautiful right but and there's there's no pressure but often that's actually the antidote to that contraction mm. it's like a fast track through a lot of mm. that because that's mm. what's closing up you know that that chakra that energetic center is your groundedness your stability your security your materialism if i'm too worried about money and stuff or we've done rituals we sit on money and feel sort of the power there um mm -hmm. you know everything carries a currency you know an, an energetic current and just drop it i mean for me it's like yeah, i could be like one of those people that sounds pretty crass right now and so could you and people could be judging us right now but like again we have like such limited I hope they are. I hope they are. <laughs> Me too. I, I feel good when this happens. I think I write in a similar fashion to you. So look, we're buddies in each other. But I think that if you're judging it, then it's a sign that perhaps it's something that you could look into or that there's a that there's perhaps work there for you. And again, if we look at the fact that we've got this limited number of days left in our life and mm. you've got you got woman. You got two amazing areas here that we can explore. Men, you got you got two. Why just leave it at one? Three. Three. <laughs> okay, there's more, but we're just going down here for now, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, um, okay. 
what do women not know about men and you feel in this moment like they really ought to know? What would you oh, like okay. women listeners right now to know? Men have hearts too. You know, it's a hashtag that I use quite frequently. Men have hearts too. And sometimes we don't show it and sometimes we've got big, 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 big barriers around it and sometimes we don't know how to express what's present in there, but men have hearts too. And, um, you know, understanding that whatever man you're interacting with on whatever level, your father, your brother, your lover, your partner, just male friends, your sons, they all have hearts as well. And giving a man permission to express that part of himself, and I don't just mean like, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. What's the matter? I can tell something. That's, that's, not, that's not getting anywhere, right? That man is like a cat in a corner. In the moment he feels judged or ridiculed or like, you know, we think we're masters at holding our emotions. We think we're amazing at it, right? And the moment you tell us we're not, that's not it, does, it doesn't sit well with us. Um, so, you know, what I've found is by acknowledging that you see, you know, and stepping back and being like, hey, I can see you're in a space and I support whatever thing you need to do in order to move through that space. And I want to let you know that I'm here, open and willing to hold whatever it is you want me to hold whenever it is you want me to hold it. And that's this way of like saying, hey, I can see what you're, I can see something. And I trust you to look after yourself and I would love to be a part of it, but I'm over here waiting. I'm going to allow you to come to me. I'm not going to try and penetrate and penetrate and penetrate. And I feel like there's a lot of women that don't understand this aspect of masculinity because they haven't really fully integrated their own masculine because they don't have very good masculine ex outside either. Like this is a part of healthy masculine and feminine rising on the planet is that the masculine holds. Yes, he penetrates and he holds and there's this dance. So it's like acknowledging and seeing and being like, I'm here, ready, waiting, holding, whatever it is you need me to hold. And when a woman can do that for, for a man and allow him to slip into his emotional body and his heart and, and, and he doesn't even know what he's going to express, but it, it, will, it will come so much more freely. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful you know, that's, that's how I run a lot of my men's circles. It's like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, there are moments when it's time to go, okay, enough's enough. Let's go. I'm here. I've been holding long enough. Where are we? You know, and sometimes you do have to be strong and powerful yeah. and it's still not penetrating. It's like you're coming close and holding and then you can come closer and hold again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it, there's this, it, there, there's this way, there's a, there's a dance in the penetration. Like how you penetrate a woman or how you penetrate Anything is how you penetrate life. Yeah. You know? yes. And and that's and that's what I teach a lot of men is like there's there's a difference between just going for it and there's a difference between not going for it. And then there's this other thing. It's like vibrate the frequency of love that you want to hold mm -hmm. until the other thing's vibrating the same frequency. And then there's no there's not it doesn't even feel like penetration. It's an it's an emerging, right? It's a it's a merging of the two two things. So yeah, that's what I would say to women. Uh, men have hearts too. And, and, and if you can find the way to hold the space required, he will show you all of it. And if, you, if he does, if a, if a man trusts you enough to show you his heart, you will get the most devotional man you've ever met in your entire life. Like the, like that, and that is one of the essences of, I believe, that one of the essences of masculinity is to serve, right? Men, the masculine energy wants to serve something, serve God. That's why priests serve God. That's why knights serve kings. Kings serve the, the kingdom. You know, like yeah. a, a masculine energy is here to serve. We want to serve something. Mm. And the more, the more you show a man that what he's doing and how he shows up is wanted and needed and appreciated, he's going to keep serving, you know. He'll kill himself for that. Yeah. Like we literally, that's what men have done their entire fucking life. They have killed themselves to serve. And I'm actually sharing something that can be used in a very manipulative way. And I'm trusting and I'm hoping and I'm desiring that I share that. And the people that the women and men, because men can do the same thing with other men. That's how you, be, that's how you become a leader that they, that they use this information with love at the center, you know, with the desire not to get what they want by manipulating men or women, but by actually just, doing like doing it for the birth of more love 
because you won't get what you want. Even if you go, aha, I'm going to use that. Ultimately, yeah. you, you won't it's, get what you want. It's unsatisfying. Yeah. So I ask every guest, what is their secret to spiritual sex? And I feel like, man, you may have just nailed it completely on the head. But do you have another tip? Another tip? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so this, this is good for men and women, all right? Okay. Uh, so for, for spiritual sex. And this is probably a, it's another how, to, how to, to get to a – men want to know how to unlock a woman's sexuality, right? Because mm-hmm. men tend to be in their sexuality more easily, typically. And, you know, women are the, typically speaking the more uh, rigid and the more, you know. So uh, as a man, how do you open a woman's sexuality? And women, they want to know how to open a man's heart, right? It's like, well, yeah, he's, he will fuck me, but I want to get to his heart. I want to feel mm-hmm. this. So how do we, you know – how does this dance work? Well, it's the polarity, right? To get to a woman's sexuality, to get to her amazing, wild, crazy, erotic, porn star, seductress, whatever, you've got to penetrate her heart, right? As a man, you've got to go through the heart to get to the sex. Mm-hmm. When her heart feels safe, she'll show you the rest of her. Yeah. As a man or as a woman wanting to get to a man's heart, He's been sh- his animal, his his animal primal sexuality has been shamed most of his life. You know, he has this part, and it's been shamed. You know, we, men only think about sex. All they think is that they only think with their cocks. Blah blah blah. This stereotypical. So you want to get to a man's heart, you've got to go through his sex, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why we kind of we don't meet because yeah. men are trying to use their sex, and women are trying to use the heart, and then it's so understanding this dance of like. You know, the more the more you go through a woman's heart, then you unlock her sex. And as a woman, mm-hmm. the more you go, you, you don't. And I'm not saying you've got to be a porn star to get to his heart, but to not shame his sexuality, to not shame his animal nature, to not shame his, you know, like let's say he doesn't shower every day or he eats a bit grossly or you know whatever this this raw primal aspect. It's like, oh, you're so disgusting. You're such a pig. Like that. That is just that's not gonna. That's, a man's not gonna show you his heart. If you're shaming his natural expression as an animal, as a human, you know, because humans are animals. So, so understanding this, getting to the polarity, men getting to women's like crazy wild seductress and women getting to men's hearts. This is how spiritual sex happens. You know, it's like, this is how understanding that we are both and at the same time, and we can dance between the two then creates ascension when the sex and the heart are connected at the same time by two people, man or woman, both men, both women, male, woman, whatever, when that's there, mm-hmm. then your ascension can happen. Then you can use your sex because you're, you're, there's no agenda there. You're not trying no. to get anything. You've connected these points and now you can use it to channel the energy up or down into the earth because the earth is just as spiritual as consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's when you have mind-blowing, orgasmic, multidimensional spirit sex. Oh, I love it. I love it. Epic, epic tip. Hey, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've I've loved this conversation. You've actually had me in fits of laughter at times. (laughs) Um, How can people find you? How can they get in touch? So, yeah. So, I mean, predominantly Facebook and Instagram, Tyron Mowbray. um, Yeah. Got a Facebook page. I put videos on there quite frequently and written posts um, and Instagram is the same. I have a website, tyronmowbray.com. That is, it, it's there and it works, but I'm still kind of getting the back end of that really home and hosed. Um, there's going to be a three-part video, free video series coming out on mastering your self-pleasure, like, you know, how to overcome porn addiction and that as a, as a man, but it, it will work for women too. It's going to be a free three-video series, but it will be predominantly focused on, on male sexuality. Um, yeah, so tyronmobray.com or tyronmobray Facebook and Instagram and very shortly uh, YouTube videos will be coming out once the website's up and running too. Um, I think YouTube, it's still shameless sex God, but I may change that. We'll see. But uh, yeah. And if you just follow the hashtags, uh, love always wins or men have hearts too. That's the, they're the hashtags I use a lot on Instagram and Facebook. So posts will come up with them. 
Look, really support these guys, especially Tyron right now. You know, we're balancing sort of other jobs often, doing all this deep self-work, really putting ourselves out there and and can be deeply transformational in, in one-on-one sessions, coaching online, workshops. This stuff is um, often shut down on social media. Uh, Brothers, amazing integrated masculine conference, uh, all about how to be a more healthy male was literally just banned on Facebook, even... Yeah, for um, being malicious and dangerous. For being the, the healthy masculine being malicious and dangerous run by our, our dear friend, mutual friend Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is crazy. So look, people who are putting themselves out there offering this really powerful work, um, flick them a message, comment on the staff and support because it's all done, uh, you know, in the after hours of work and actually making money. So... Go you, love what you stand for, and let's have you back on the show for sure. Thanks, Nikki. And I just want to say, ladies, please tag your men because mm-hmm. like a vast majority of the men that I actually have worked with, they come from their friends or girlfriends or wives tagging them in our posts. So like, you know, not just yeah. mine, I'm saying like Aaron Kleinerman or Kevin Orts, like all the all the other guys out there doing work, like if you like, don't, don't just comment or share, like actually tag your men in things because they will read it and they will learn. They just need it in front of them. It's the biggest thing. Men need this shit in front of them. And then they'll be like, Oh, I would like that. But that's really the biggest issue is actually getting it in front of them. Yeah, totally. And this is not a process of shaming and naming and, and, and everything. Oh. This is a process of opening yourself to what's possible, just like the purpose of this podcast. Thank you, Tyron. And My pleasure, Nikki. Thank you so much. The Secrets of Spiritual Sex was brought to you out of the desire to make accessible the latest research and inspiring developments in the field of sex, intimacy and relationships. There is so much more to sex than friction and brief peaks. And this podcast seeks to provide a pleasure-based sexual education where potential and curiosity are cultivated. Make sure you subscribe and share this episode with your lovers, your friends and your family. I am Nikki Rhodes, a sex and relationship coach, and you can find me on Instagram at underscore Nikki Rhodes underscore or jump onto my website for more info on courses, retreats and one-on-one coaching sessions at www.nikkir.com.